We Speak English Good has expanded to WSEG TV only on Twitch. We have live interviews, we have music tutorials, games, prizes, and more. Go to twitch.tv slash we speak English good. We go live and direct on Mondays at 1 p.m. and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, go check out our sponsor, modedstudios.com. They have all the freshest and finest patches and apparel fully embroidered one of my favorite is the baby yoda from the mandalorian go check them out for yourself m-o-d-e-d-s-t-u-d-i-o-s.com go check them out now on with the show Welcome back to another episode of We Speak English Good Podcast. Today's guest is the dudes from Glow Stick Willie. Um, I respect and and I, I absolutely fucking just love what these guys do with a live stream. I love what these guys have done with just existing as as a band. Uh, Glow Stick Willie, if you're not familiar, which you should be, is a hippie metal band. That's right. I said it hippie metal now i had this idea of having a reggae metal band uh but i just it never came to fruition (laughs) but when you have hippie metal it it just makes more sense it just makes more sense especially in that world because uh there's so many influences in the jam world that that uh, that these bands these days are pulling from and uh it's almost just like prog rock and metal just uh, and 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 and, and funk and, and jazz and shit just smashed together. So I, I really like these guys because they have this unique approach and and they just go all in. They're just like you know what, fuck it, we're rocking. And and I love I love that shit and uh, and I especially love their uh, their glamour shots that they have with their hair all feathered out. It's so awesome. It's like it's like a cover of a Poison album. It's tight. Anyways, these guys are fantastic. They they have their own stream on Twitch where it, it's just it's just like a, a <laughs> it's just like a fucking a metal psychedelic fucking nightmare. Just it's so cool. I love what they do with it. They're they're just killing it on Twitch. And if they weren't if we weren't under quarantine right now, these guys would just be killing it out on the festival scene right now and, and just killing it like that. So. Uh, Really interesting conversation with these guys, and uh, I, 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 I was just so grateful that they, they were able to fit me in, because they work so fucking hard. They work so hard on their stream. They, they take their, their music, and they take them, their, their, they take their shit serious, uh, but they don't take themselves too seriously. And I, I love that. I love it when bands have a great balance of that, where they're just like, we're all about our business. But we're going to also get real fucked up in the process and have fun with our fans and do our thing. And, you know, the, the, you know, this is they, they like to party. And you'll hear that coming up here on the uh, uh, very shortly. But first, let's go over to Reinamystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com and check that shit out because she has uh, her latest single, Chloroform, out and ready for those ears. 
out on Spotify. And uh, you can also find her live streaming information there because Arena is a streamer now and everything else has become secondary, which is very interesting. It's a very interesting time in our household. Uh, <laughs> but uh, go check out RainaMystique.com. Check out her streaming schedule, which is uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 a.m. and Sundays at 8 p.m. It's a blast, and it's fun to see a community being built. Um, I'm having fun with my stream, WSEG TV. It's been really cool just having uh, uh, a platform to sort of put all this shit together. Like, like it's just... It's, it, I'm, I'm doing music streams, I'm doing live looping and stuff, and, and I'm able to film my tutorials that um, I'm, I'm doing on face, on YouTube and stuff. So it, it's really interesting. It's, it's just been a really cool way to hold myself accountable, not only to the podcast, but to other aspects of what the podcast is doing and what it represents. Um, so definitely tune in uh, twitch.tv slash we speak English good I'm gonna also ask you guys to go check out uh, the go like subscribe and leave a review go like us on Facebook at we speak English good like us on Instagram at we speak at we speak English good I'm on Twitter now so you can follow me on Twitter it's at WSEG podcast um, it, or you can search We Speak English Good. It's the only one that's not the same as all my other handles, and it just bothers me. I got on Twitter because apparently Twitch and Twitter go together really well. Also, Discord. I'm on Discord. <laughs> I'm on TikTok. I'm even on Snapchat, but it's just getting too much and too daunting. So, uh, I'm trying to get this workload under underway because I, I've definitely made a um, I made a lot of work for myself, and it, you know, getting as as the uh, the nation opens back up, uh, and and like jobs are starting to get offered to me, I, I'm you know I'm, I'm I'm actually just too busy doing me to do you so. I'm having a lot of time, uh, conflict of, of interest, um, it, it just in my own interest in what I wanted to pursue. On one hand, I need to make money, and on the other hand, I need to do what I'm doing here now because I just need to do it for whatever weird compulsive reason that this is, keeps happening. Um, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> so go like us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can like, subscribe to us. On, uh, on on Apple iTunes and YouTube and Twitch and uh, you know th those places, <laughs> it's just getting out of hand, people. Uh, okay, and then where are we at? Okay, and leave a review. Reviews help the podcast be found in the algorithm of life. Um, th it just it just helps our numbers and stuff, you know. So if you can leave a review on whatever. Uh, wherever you stream your podcast, if it's a possible possibility to leave a review, please do. It helps. It helps. Um, okay, that's. Uh, oh yeah, write the show at we speaking or G, oh yeah we speak English good at gmail.com and um, I think that's everything. Okay, guys, uh, I'll see you on the other side. I hope you guys enjoy this fucking conversation with Glow Stick Willie because I definitely did. This was <clears throat> this was nothing but a treat to me and. Um, it's fun because they are 
so like you guys know i have a history with acoustic hookah on this show just um interviewing but also i have a huge uh, a, a good part of my life was dedicated to being a, uh, a, a stinky hippie who went and snuck into their festivals and, and this band Acoustic Hookah who, uh, you know, I was, had beautiful times with in my youth. And uh, it's always nice to go and talk to people who have sort of that same background and that same experience with that same band because this band had such an interesting reach and interesting effect on on um on this entire region on this whole midwest region on the jam scene around here um you know it's just unanimous everybody attributes this scene to acoustic hookah and uh so these guys are just carrying the torch uh and and they they even have a band with hookah it's called acoustic willie where it's dave katz and uh uh, steve sweeney the guitarist and and singer for acoustic hookah uh, they they sit in with with Glowstick Willie, which is a three piece. But I always see this other guy hanging out with them too, on their stream. So I don't know. I think it's a you know a three to four piece. But then they have Acoustic Willie, and and um, I saw some videos of them, and they fucking jam. I mean these guys are great. They're fucking jam. They're talented as shit. Their imagination knows no bounds. Also, quick disclaimer. I, uh, we were having some technical difficulties at the beginning of this podcast and, um, I'm a dipshit and didn't talk directly into the microphone for the first like 10 minutes or whatever it is. I don't know. Uh, so this sounds a little weird on my behalf. It's my fault because I wasn't talking directly into the mic, but it's only for the first like 10 minutes or so so just bear with me guys it's just another one of those things and it just bums me out because this i had such a blast talking to these guys so okay guys here we go we're gonna do it glow stick willie Thanks for thanks for stopping in and thank you also for having this fucking incredible band shot in one of the panels here. Um, I I actually even wrote a question down about that because it just reminds me of like Saturday Night Fever or like like Lionel Richie can't slow down or something, but the metal side of that. So <laughs> yeah, I I love it. What what what's the story behind the picture? Is it just a fun idea? Well, we were like, man, we need new band shots. And then we were like, oh, we got all these new lights and fog machines for the stream. Let's, let's do 80s glamour shots, dude. It's the only way. <laughs> I love them so much. Like, I swear, like, that's... If you're not a fan of the band, it just by music alone, you, uh, you, you would be a fan by just going to their website and the first thing you see is this beautiful glamour shot of these guys with the hair all done beautiful and... Uh, it's beautiful, man. Uh, you know, I, I love what you guys are doing, and um, you know, honestly, I didn't really know about you guys until I moved back from San Diego, and because um, I missed like a whole bunch of shit, I, I went away for like 15 years. So when I came back, um, the jam scene was completely different, and uh, you guys are kind of in that. I, I would say a lot in that um, around here, at least. So. Um, you know, with all this pandemic and everything that's going on, 
Um, oh yeah, that's what I was doing. I was explaining. So I found out about you guys because of the Acoustic Willie, and you guys did some shows with. Uh, was that just Dave Katz and and Sweeney? Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to actually check out any of those videos, which I do need to. Uh, but uh, so that's how I heard about you, and then I started asking around here. I'm in Toledo, so like I started asking around here, and um, you know, got a little bit more info, and then sort of just been watching you guys. But but what I really zeroed in on you guys is this Twitch thing. Um, how long have you guys been doing the the Twitch? That I mean, like it's so clean. Your stream is so clean. I feel like you guys have been doing it for like years. Uh, tell me how you guys got into Twitch. Well, kind of, you know, um, we started twitching like four years ago, Jeez. I think 20, 2017. So started out just doing video game streams, you know, because we like to game. Oh, okay. So sweet. Started, out, started out doing video game streams and they were getting, it was, that was a lot of fun, having a lot of fun doing that. And we were like, man, let's, let's do some band stream. So we did it, you know, and this was before music was even a category on Twitch. It was creative. Is, was the category. Um, so we started doing it. You know, we were young. We did about, uh, I don't know, a few months of it, built it up to like 400 followers. And then we just got so busy outside of the internet that we had to just shut it down. And then in November, we had been taking a lot of time off uh, to record this new album and stuff. And we're like, man, we really still want to play. So we started doing Twitch again about November. You know, it's May now. So uh, about six, seven months into it, going really hard. You know, November, we started streaming again. December, we said, let's do this three nights a week, dude, since we're not doing anything else. And then COVID happens in March and we're already set up with, you know, our fans have been helping us upgrade all kinds of stuff around here. You know, we went from just our regular show gear to a full studio setup, um, full podcast setup, all really super nice high-end cameras and streaming PCs and all because of our fans, you know, they supported the stream and helped us hit a lot of goals to, to build this and keep creating our our music in this pandemic. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's that's incredible. You guys, so you guys already laid the foundation and then sort of just was like, oh, well, I see where this is going. And you just went full throttle. I mean, I mean like when I see these streams where you guys are just going full throttle, whether it's uh, you're interviewing someone or it's uh, you guys are jamming out, you just see a barrage of shit in the chat. There's bits flying, there's subs flying. And I know I'm using some foreign language to some people who don't know what Twitch is, but it's a, uh, but it, I'm not trying to ask for totals here, but I'm seeing like people are tipping you $50. Like you guys have to be doing okay with it. I mean, if you're able to buy a beautiful setup like you guys have, you guys must be doing okay. Um, have you seen have you seen your most income from Twitch? Um, or what where do you guys find most of your revenue as a band? Well, usually it's it's on the road playing right, shows. Right, right, right. Yeah, selling your music, selling your music doesn't music doesn't That's pay the anything. Hardest thing to do. Yeah, yeah, no one wants to buy your CD. No, and no one wants to no one wants to pay anything, and then you know they can go listen to it for free, and you'll get paid a fraction of a penny, and that's right. that's it. So what Twitch has done, you know, we have we've always known that music doesn't pay the bills, <laughs> so we always have to find different things that we can do to provide income for ourselves and make sure we're personally taken care of. And we've always been really good at that. Um, so 
what Twitch has done though is just given us an opportunity to reinvest everything. Like every dime that comes in off of our Twitch stream, we reinvest it. And then sometimes we'll throw personal money on top of it to make the ends meet. But you know, we just work hard every day and Twitch is what Twitch is doing is not padding our pockets. It's bringing in a substantial amount of money for a band that's laid off, but it's really just going back into more gear to make the stream more badass. We want to be the coolest show on the internet. We try to reinvest almost every dime that we ever make on just about anything, really. Mm-hmm. You know, you take it and you, uh, if we make money playing shows and going down the road, uh, 100% of the time it goes right back into the machine. Whether it's like uh, vehicle maintenance, um, expenses to get to the next show, or whatever. So Food, it's it's, a, it's the same with Twitch. We just have uh we're just snowballing all the cash right back into it to make the experience even better. Yeah, because even as a band on tour in like 18 years of us playing in a band together, none of none of the three of us have ever taken a dime of like personal money or been personally paid from, from playing band. music ever. And you know, one of the other things with the Twitch and with all the gear is now we actually have these things that we can utilize for things other than our stream. You know, oh, yeah. we, we have the studio equipment now if we want to record music. We have the interfaces and the computers and the cameras now that we can actually take a stream with us places. We you know, have a we, small we can, light show. yeah, we, we have a small light show. So, I mean, we can, we can now take this places with us, say we play a festival. Okay, well, we can stream our set. You know, I mean, oh, there's, yeah. there's, there's so many other options uh, with the streaming aspect and all the things that come with it um, that are going to be crucial in the upcoming years. Yeah, do you guys, I mean, personally, are you guys foreseeing this sort of as, um, sort of as something that might be permanent? Have you guys talked about that? Or, I mean, are you, where well, do you guys stand I, with that? I think for for us the the streaming thing is permanent okay. and I don't think that, like this whole thing is going to go on forever. I mean, we have a show in 2 weeks that was just booked. Oh, and, really? You know, so people are people are still going to throw shows mm-hmm. and people are still going to go. People are going to stay home. A lot of people aren't going to go. You know, some places might decide to shut shows down. But we're riding along for the wave and we're ready to go either way, you know. Oh, cool. We're ready stream we're ready to hit the road we're ready to take it with us so yeah you guys you guys come off as uh when when i watch you guys stream and you guys talk personally i mean you guys come off as like you know you guys have fun but you also seem very business oriented um it's, it just seems like you guys are very focused uh on on what you're doing and and like everything else is sort of just auxiliary um, uh, do you guys find yourself find yourself getting distracted with partying at all, or has it always been a very um, straightforward task for you guys with the band? Well, we're pretty damn good at partying. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely have our fair share of good times. Yeah, but we we do it responsibly. You know, there's a, there's a there's a partying's great. It's fun and it's awesome, but it it can get the best of you real quick, and it can take control of your life if you if you let it. But that's all in your mind. Are you going to allow the party to take control of you or are you going to control the party? We just like to control the party. Yeah, you just got to draw the line, you know, and say this is where I'm going to be. And this is, uh, you know, because if you 
if you don't, then it won't last very long. And then, you know, we'd rather party for longevity. I feel like, you know, party responsibly, go around, see everything we possibly can, you know, but if you go off and just be irresponsible and basically dumb about your business, then you're not going to last very long, you know? Yeah. Because in the end, the the goal is, you know, to, to do this band as long as we can. And it could all go up in, in smoke like many bands have because of excessive wrong partying on the wrong things, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny. I was just watching uh, your video, You Won't Last. And uh, I think that's what it's called. Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love that you guys are uh, singing to yourselves, but in like the tie-dye and stuff. And uh, um, I kind of feel like it's... Uh, that could fall under that category of you're not going to make it if you let your uh, your your just your wild inhibitions sort of take control and you pursue that instead of your passions. But but there's other things to that. I, I'd love it. And by the way, amazing fucking cameo from Steve Sweeney. By the way, that was awesome. <laughs> I did I did expect that. So I was like, oh shit! And you had him with the backlit. Um, you know, so he was just his uh, uh, just his shadow or whatever his his outline. <laughs> that was tight. That was tight. I'm gonna go ahead and fist bump you guys for that. Uh, yeah. But with that song especially, uh, it seemed like you had sort of an agenda behind that. What? What? Do you mind if we play that song? No, that's uh, that's totally fine. Go for it. Let's listen. Uh, you're not gonna last, and we'll come back and talk about it.
anyways, please talk about this song because it, it does seem it, it doesn't seem mean hearted or mean spirited at all, but it does seem like you're taking some shots at uh, a, a particular group of people. Uh, can you kind of go forward with this? I, I don't know if I'm getting it all wrong, by the way. Well, no, you're you're actually it's it's crazy that you were able to pick up so much of what we were putting down <laughs> honestly <laughs> oh it's okay. like that, it seems pretty blatant <laughs> yeah it's it's blatant you know there's <laughs> we've got beef with with people in the industry you know i don't want, i'm not going to name any name specific but and and it's like we spent years just trying to kind of fight against the current you know to get somewhere but when like the people who can put up roadblocks in front of you do just for bullshit reasons and it's just like it we, we had just hit this point as a band where you know we were going down this jam band road and this whole uh jam band scene for so long and it's like you're beating a dead horse it's like okay you go out after the jam band scene you're gonna be as big as fish maybe the dead if you're lucky if you're lucky right. you'll be as big as fish really if you're lucky you'll be as big as umphreys which isn't even that big on the scale of bands. When you're looking at where's our goals at? Well, our goals are to be as big as Metallica, you know, yeah. or as big as Ozzy Osbourne. Those are the people that we look up to. So it's not so much uh, that was a message to our, our older, wiser selves who have moved on past that, that scene and trying to morph our music into something that can stand the test of time and that could be have some kind of mainstream popularity, you know, um, that's just our older, wiser selves kind of telling our younger selves, you're not going to last if you keep going down the path you're going down. But it's also a little stab at our enemies saying, you're not going to last treating people the way that you do. Nice. Nice. And, and that, that's a nice way of doing it too, without being like, you know, taking the Eminem approach and having like the Eminem ICP feud, you know, it's just, okay. uh, uh, but uh, I, I love that you guys are hippie metal and, you know, I, I love that, 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 that whole unique approach to, um, you know, the jam scene and stuff. Like, it seems, you guys seem a little scrappy. It, it seems like you probably had a hard time, uh, or maybe, I don't know, maybe you guys were great from the beginning, but it seems like maybe you had to elbow your way into the scene with your, uh, with the nature of your music. Uh, or, oh. or was, am I wrong? Did you guys just walk right on and everything? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we had to, you know, we were a little bit too edgy for most jam band scenes. Yeah. And we were a little too jammy. And for, we're a little too jammy for yeah. any of the rock scenes or anything <laughs> like that. So we're, we're caught in this weird little like crevice and we're trying to get out. And we had to fight and scrap and claw our way up. I mean, we, we couldn't book shows. Yeah, you know, yeah. We, we would try to get on any of these festivals, and they wouldn't book us. They they wouldn't even respond to us. Right. So yeah. what we start doing? But we is, were cool because we, you know, we were at we were 15 years old. We were out out at these hippie festivals like Ripple Fest 05 with Acoustic Kuka, Derek Trucks, Carl Denson, mm -hmm. uh, all these people. That was our first show. Nice. We kept, kept in it. We kept in that scene. You guys so are 15, they, huh? Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they, they wouldn't book, book us for any of these festivals. And so we would find ways around it because we wanted to be a part of that. And we wanted to be a part of these things that we grew up in and really enjoying and seeing this awesome community of people. So we would volunteer to help, help out with the festival. We would be stagehands. 
So we'd get there a day early, help build the stage. And then we'd bring our truck with the, with the trailer and generator in the back. And we'd just throw our generator in the field and play some music. Yeah, because so we, we knew all the people. So we knew all the stage guys. We were friends with all the light guys and stuff because we did our own shows. It's just the festivals wouldn't take us. And I think Good People, Good Times was the first festival where I'd hit up a guy. I tried to I hit up Derek Hardin. I tried to get him to book us. He's like, I don't think so, man. I was like, all right, look, dude, we'll come and we'll bring a PA, uh, everything we need, and we'll run a second stage and we'll take some of the artists over to our stage and we'll run it all weekend. If you let us play and you give us free tickets. And he was the first one who was like, okay, man. <laughs> and we played that show every year for every what, year. 10 years now? Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Cool. Well, it, you know, it's like when you're doing something unique and different, people tend to be afraid of it. I mean, you know, people are afraid, fear what they don't understand. Um, and, and so you're constantly having to tr prove yourself. But like, it's interesting because you guys are saying you threw your own show. So like you were able to find your own community. Uh, it's just that the community you want to be a part of, you had a hard time breaking into. Is, am I getting that right? Well, well, we had to build our own. We couldn't really break into a community because <laughs> we, it was just, we were so drastically different from right, everybody. Right. We still are. So it's mm -hmm. like, you know, the works, for instance, we, we played a lot with them and we, we picked up a lot of fans playing the workout. And, but a lot of their fans didn't get down on us and didn't understand what we were putting down. And the same thing with hookah, you know, we did a lot of stuff with them over the years and some of their fans just don't get it. Yeah. But a lot of yeah. their fans became, you know, lifelong fans of us. And yeah. so it's just crazy. And then out on our own, just beating the road and going to little places all along, all across the country, you just meet people every single night and it just adds to this thing. And then after so many years, it just becomes, this giant market of people that you've built. So you have your own thing. And right. that's what we've always prided ourselves on is like, let's do our own thing. Let's uh, anything we can do that somebody could do for us. Let's try to do it ourselves first. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I, I, I take that's where, uh, uh, was it? Is it Willie town? Is that what you call it? I'm, I'm, yep. Okay. So I, I'm taking, and, and now are you modeling this after like, like festivals like Hookahville and stuff like that? Or, or like, how did you model these? I, I've never attended it's, one, so I'm not sure how these go. kind of its own weird thing, man. We, cause we, we try to do revolutionary things. I'd mm. say we take pieces, we take pieces from all the festivals we've been to, you know, over the years we've done a ton of them and it's just like, we've, seen a lot of crazy things we've been to a lot of wild festivals and we kind of just want to take all something. the best parts yeah, of them yeah take cool. all the best parts and smash them into one you know like we went to the gathering of the juggalos and we saw this wrestling match and from then on we were like yeah we should get this wrestling match at our festival <laughs> yeah well we threw wrestlemania inside this festival yeah i was really nervous about it I was really nervous because I'm like, oh, I wonder how many people will really like it. It was late night wrestling. <laughs> started at 2 a.m. And, and it was <laughs> people loved it. They ate it up. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, we had it done right. You know, you had we had the uh, the, ring. the lights set up all around the, the ring. You know, the so ring. they had their entrance music. They had the lights flashing. Dude, it, was it was like a it was like a fifteen thousand dollar wrestling <laughs> ring set up out in the there, crowd. There was nothing like crazier because we didn't know what our fans were going to think right like once once the once it actually started like <laughs> our fans are either going to love it or they're going to hate it 
And our fans just absolutely ate that shit up. I mean, there was... Dude, we had the gates all around the wrestling ring, like, just like, <laughs> look, just like a wrestling match. And we hired Mick Foley, was an announcer. Shut so the fuck up. Were, no, and Tommy Dreamer and Rhino were in the uh, Fatal 4-Way yes. for the Willie Fest. Willie, Willie, Fest, Willie Town title belt, and we uh, it was serious shit. We made a title belt, like, we hit up the dude, <laughs> all the title belts, and had him make us one. Yeah. And Tommy Dreamer won the title. And then, you know, the year before that, we did uh, Randy and Leahy from Trailer Park Boys did oh, uh, the very first, their very first ever cheeseburger picnic was an idea that came to fruition from J Mo saying, What should yeah, that we was do? My idea, and uh, yeah, now it's turned into Randy's um comedy skit you know it's weird oh but, shit nice yeah, and it was that. it was awesome i'm taking a picture off here because i'm because i suck at computers jim Leahy. Leahy. He and he's dead didn't he die yeah he is. oh yeah, man he's Leahy. randy bo bandy but Dude. yeah so we we try to just like go take all the motivation we can from every festival we go to and every oh. event and just use our own heads on trying to be I would, different. I would say, you know, like I would even go beyond that a little bit, you know, just pieces of our lives. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we try to incorporate, you know, we've been playing together since we were 12 and 13 years old. So we've lived a crazy ass life all together. <laughs> You know what I mean? With, with all the things that we've seen and done. The same year that we had uh, the wrestling, we had Molly Hatchet. Nice. And you know we did, I mean? we we did, did the it. most epic Freebird yeah. with Steve Sweeney. And uh, I think Dave Katz was in on it. And the keyboardist from Molly Hatchet, the lead singer. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was crazy, dude. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's only because we had met Phil from Molly Hatchet down on a cruise ship. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere in Florida, you know what I mean? Like just weird, crazy coincidences that our life has just taken us to these places and led us to these opportunities where we meet people and we just try to make the best of every experience that we can. We try to bring that to our festival. Well, you know, and, and I'm noticing sort of how you guys sort of spread your tentacles, not in a horrible way, but like network, uh, just by like how the podcast runs for you guys on, on Twitch. I mean, you're talking to, uh, uh, what was it, Doug, uh, what's his name, Doug, was that his name, Doug, from, uh, from, uh, Goldstein? Yes, wait, he's from, yeah. uh, Living Color. Oh, we, Living Color, we had two yes. Doug. Yeah, sorry, man, bad, my bad, uh, I, this was just from Doug, Doug Wimbish, um, yeah, the, the last night. Yeah, last that was night. last night, and I, I caught that last night, um, and I, I caught part of it anyways. You guys go for fucking hours, dude. You guys are fucking oh, beasts. Six, six, seven hours every I night. I saw that. I was like, holy shit, these guys do not fuck around. That, and that's what, I mean, that informs a lot to anybody who's going to come and, and be interested in, in learning about you guys is that... <clears throat> you guys are super fucking committed so i mean uh I, I love that i love that you guys are just like just laser focused on this um with uh so how did you guys end up hooking up with uh hookah and like doing uh acoustic willy well that's uh i guess a long story short we 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 had booked hookah for our festival stick night 2011 you know it was our first festival we had ever thrown in muncie indiana um, Acoustic Cougar was the headliner. Weather completely destroyed us. 
Um, as always, we didn't know what we were doing budget wise. So we overpaid Acoustacuca. They came in. Dave felt bad because I just paid him way too much. So he kind of, and then he liked what, how much work we had put into it. Cause I mean, he showed up and it was like, it was legitimate. Like we yeah. knew what we were doing. Um, so, and he was really impressed with us. And then I think that he felt bad that he overcharged me. So he, he kind of kicked me a couple favors and in kicking me those couple favors, we just, you know, played some shows with him and we hit it off more and more. And then we got real close with him and real close with Steve. And, uh, then it was just like, Hey guys, we know, you know, when we first had hookah come play, Dave sat in with us and played life is good. Cause we were covering hookah songs back then when we, you know, when we were young. Um, so he just kind of, you know, he saw a little bit of himself in us and it just blossomed into like, what is it now? A nine year friendship between us and him. And we yeah. hit it off with Sweeney the same way. You know, it, it's crazy to sit and think. Cause again, our first festival was 2005 and Acoustacuca <laughs> was headlining that festival. So we had these people who literally blew my fucking brain off that weekend yeah like playing like, playing with them was a dream of ours yeah. even booking them was a dream of ours like you know it, it was to that extent like i remember like me and james looking at each other during stick night like holy fuck dude who is playing our festival <laughs> and yeah. then it, it has blossomed into like holy fuck dude we're like playing shows with them and then holy fuck dude we're like hanging out with them holy fuck dude we're in a side project with them. we're in a band Do you them, realize man. we're in a side project we're at dave's, dave's house dude yeah, we're at Dave's house. I'm puking off Steve's porch. He's giving me water. <laughs> <laughs> that hey man, drink this. Is he going to be all right, Dimebag? He's so scared. <laughs> well, I, I can I can imagine uh, people puking uh, that can get serious, but uh, no, that, that, I, I can imagine that feeling because uh, I had uh, Dave was on my show um, at the beginning of the year, I think. No, at the end of last year, and he invited me into his house. And, you know, like, I had a similar experience like you guys where it's like I'm standing in the middle of this fucking field in the middle of Ohio somewhere fucking spinning on my fucking mind on drugs. And there's some fucking crazy people on stage fucking my life up right now. But to the <laughs> but in the best way possible, you know, like just completely <laughs> ruining my life, but in the best way possible. And, um, you know, it, it's just you those experiences you can't deny you know those are those are those experiences that stick with you for your entire life and then to be able to be in that space and and you know like i've never played with dave katz but like the fact that he invited me into his home into his basement where you know where you guys probably practice and where you know what whatever goes on down there uh you know it's it's beautiful it's sacred space to me and the fact that also I got to be able to talk to Ed and uh, Starcat too, they were very nice. So it's just been really cool to be like, um, I don't know, like coming back to Toledo and then sort of reconnecting with this scene because I was super into it. Um, I came into it like, let's see, 2000, year 2000. So just a few years before you guys, but like, so this is deeply embedded in me. And so to come back and sort of see how it's sort of, um, I mean, I really don't think that there would be a, a scene like it is here in this region if it wasn't for a band like Hookah. Um, Absolutely not. 100%. Um, I, I give them like damn near full credit for a lot the, of the, the, the Midwest part, yeah, scene like, development. Crazy. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, I talked to Chris from the works, uh, uh, Johnny K from uh, 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 Boogie Matrix, uh, you know, uh, talking to these guys from Sub T. Like, they all say the same thing. It's like, if it wasn't for Hookah, who the fuck would we be? And then also, side note, if it wasn't for Steve Sweeney, <laughs> you know, you yeah. know, like, plus Steve Sweeney, you know? So it's like a, uh, just a very huge impact. And it's just like, to me... It, they had such a like a massive impact and it's just so interesting that they not that they fizzled out because they're still doing great but and they're still doing great work but you know they 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 never broke through to a bigger level and I'm, I'm not even sure if that was their goal but you know like uh it's just so surprising the amount of impact a band like that to stay regional is just it's very interesting it's a very interesting uh situation but you know, I it, it is, and I I I always say that you know if they would have broke and hit that major level of success, you know Steve Sweeney would be idolized as yeah. one of the top five guitar players on a national scale. You know, you'd see oh, yeah, no guitar doubt. magazines writing about him Absolutely. because he's that fucking good and he's that he's that unique and revolutionary with his guitar playing. And yeah, I mean, I think that they're just. They're just different kinds of guys. Like for us, we would want to take the step. We would be disappointed if we didn't make it to that national level. But those guys, they're 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 just happy doing it, man. They're just yeah. happy doing it and making a living doing it. And they don't care if they go far from home. They just want to play their play their fucking music, man. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm sure at this age, they're just like happy to just be able to drive, you know, a few hours and then come home or whatever, you know. Like the amount of time and effort that goes into touring is just insane. You guys well, you are, got to up go, everything. I'm sorry, what'd you say? You have to give up everything. If you want a tour, like yeah. you can't have a family. Right. You, like it's not easy. You can't make it work with having a wife and kids. Like <laughs> that's why you have to you have to choose one or the other. And you you know, even having a girlfriend is hard because they don't understand when you have to leave sixty to ninety days at a time and they can't go, you know. And it's a constant grind yeah. like that. So you have to you lose a lot. And a lot of people aren't willing to lose that stuff. So a lot of people don't make it. Yeah. And it's hard. It's not easy saying goodbye to the things you love. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Like, I, and, you know, I have a son, I have a wife, and um, I still hit the road. I'm still active with a band out in San Diego, so I still hit the road once in a while. And <clears throat> it's horrible. Like, I, I'm more and more, I used to love it. It used to be my favorite part of this is traveling and, and, you know, like you don't sleep well and you're fucking, you're doing too much, you're eating like shit, you know, like it's just, it, all of it is just, I mean, it's fucking exciting <laughs> and fun and, and it's sad and lonely, but beautiful and, and, and revealing, you know, so it's just like this, uh, it's this beautiful thing that I used to really love and now I, I've really come to, um, I'm just, I've really just come to not hate it, but like, I don't look forward to it. It's like, I don't look forward to the travel. I don't look forward to, like, there's things that run through my mind. Like, what if I die in transit somewhere, you know, and then my son grows yeah. up fatherless, you know? So, so you're absolutely right. You have these, uh, when you have these things that pull you to, you know, to a home base, it's, it's really hard to escape that. And, and, and my touring days are very, very, very seldom now. I, 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 I choose just not to do that anymore just because I just, I just, I, I don't want to anymore, but you guys are no strangers to touring. How far do you guys go? I mean, have you guys gone all over the country? Uh, you guys stay regional. Yeah. How do you guys, how do you guys book? We'll go, it? We'll go anywhere. Yeah, we, uh, we just go anywhere and everywhere. We usually just like, if we're like, Hey, we want to do a tour. Okay. Well, where do you want to go? Let's go <laughs> straight east to the East coast, ride it all the way down South Florida 
and then all the way down the, around the south to California, up the coast, all the way back through Colorado, Wisconsin, back home. You know, yeah. so we'll be like, that's what we want to do. Here's, the, here's where we have to be on what dates to make it happen. Now let's just pick up the phone. Let's hit the emails. Let's hit up all the bands we know from these areas. And we just put the tour together and then we go. Uh, and who does most of the booking and, and like the clerical? Me. That's me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> do you also do I'm the... Our, I'm, our, I'm the mad scientist behind the scenes as well. Okay. So you're, you're take, you, you handle tech and the recording and all that stuff? Yep. Dude, I'm, I'm trying to get back into this PC shit, man. And it is freaking me out because uh, my wife just hit affiliate on Twitch uh, last week or a couple weeks ago. Decent. Yeah, yeah, man, it's fucking. She she got on in April, like April eighth or something, and then hit affiliate pretty quickly. And it, it's been a really interesting journey. I mean, just getting to know people and getting to know people. The the community on Twitch has just been uh, really fascinating and, and and amazing. Uh, do you guys hang out in the chats with uh on other people's channels and stuff, or do you guys just sort of stream and go? Oh, yeah. Yeah, constantly. We always try to consider ourselves pretty good at networking, too. So that's yeah. just hand in hand with it. You know, you got to be shopping around, seeing what's out there. You know, you sit there and raid somebody after a stream and uh, sit there and bullshit with them and their stream for a good, you know, hour or so afterwards. And just the other day, we were sitting around watching some trucker. All three of us. All three of us just sitting there, you know. On our devices. We're all three <laughs> yeah. in there. We're donating All in there biddies. on the chat, you know, <laughs> making a deck. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now, was that for you guys? Or were planning on doing a travel stream? Is that is that what this was for? Well, get- we're 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 adding in a virtual truck simulator game, and Ralph's got the oh. steering on the gear shifter and the pedals. We threw up that donation goal, and our fans donated on Ralph's <laughs> birthday to buy him this thing. Yeah. Oh, and- that's nice. So now he's got he's gonna have this wheel and we're gonna do a green screen trucker cab and then you know we'll start the stream with Ralph driving us to the show. <laughs> yeah, you know we're we, one tour. We can uh we can get the green screen going and, and you know Ralph will take us here from Indiana down to Florida and we next thing he knows we pop out, we're at the beach. Hey, what's up? Dude, have yeah. you guys ever seen that that cat eighth radio? I, think I don't think so. Uh-huh. He's just this fucking dude. Like, I don't know what his deal is, but he is just this. He's just this like chubby dude sitting on a stool, uh, like, and he's staring almost like listlessly into forever, and he's just sort of like, and 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 like he's sitting on a stool, and his backdrop is like, uh, like the beach and like a canoe just sort of floating, and it's not that great of graphics or anything, but it's just huh. this this shoddy thing. But this dude is sitting there, fucking shredding. The fucking accordion. Like, oh, the accordion guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shredded. Like, like, like fucking your world up shredded. Like, and, and, and it's, um, it's also MIDI capable. So he's also doing like EDM synth shit. It's just, oh, yeah. but he doesn't say shit. Uh, the chat's just for subscribers. And, and so it's just this dude. He does, I mean, I swear to God, he just doesn't say anything. I, he looks like he's on drugs and fucking, which is fine. <laughs> But and he's always on, and he's always fucking on. Like, like I, well, we went on right uh, now. We he he he's. I think he's a loop. Oh, that's what me and Ralph said. We think he's looping. Oh, you know who just, I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, we watch him all the time. He drinks that weird blue liquid. Yeah. And I swear, meth or something. Because <laughs> his eyes always bugging out and yes, shit. Yes, you know that this motherfucker. You're right. Dude. But he does shred. I mean, he fucking gets yeah. it, man. He, 
um, so you guys with network, eh, I would love to talk about because you guys are talking. Um, you know, you guys are talking to cool people on your show, and you, I saw I caught the Dave Katz interview, and you know, you talking to the guy from Living Color, and so you're reaching out to these guys. I, I I even think you were talking to somebody from Leftover Salmon. I, I thought I caught one where you guys were in talks with somebody there. Yeah, that's tomorrow actually. Is uh, it? Vincent. Yep. Oh, right on. I'm fucking have to tune in for that one. Um, yeah. And then, um, <laughs> did I hear this right? You guys were trying to get Joe Exotic on the show? I actually, yeah, I actually <laughs> just got a letter from his cellmate <laughs> because he's all depressed. And so Joe Exotic's husband is like stolen $60,000 from him and is out like banging and <laughs> you know, banging all these other dudes and doing all so he won't write anybody back because he's literally laid up in his cell and all of his his bunkies are trying to keep him from committing suicide. So they wrote me this letter to they they wrote me a letter to give me an update on what was going on. Well, that is nice of them. Right? It, it's interesting uh, how uh, how accessible he is. Uh, I didn't realize how accessible Joe Exotic is. Oh, dude! Well, he's in prison. You just write right. him a letter. <laughs> <laughs> he, he literally is not going anywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, with with your networking, uh, it, it, I mean, how much time do you guys and effort do you guys put into networking? And like, uh, I mean, do you sit down and or or do you just meet people on the road? I mean, I'm sure it's all of this, but um, but when when you're talking about you know, just being able to call people and, and like get the guy from fucking Doug from, uh, you know, Living Color or, you know, fucking homeboy from Leftover Salmon. You know, I'm just curious on like what, what's your tactics and what you, uh, sort of your approach to it. And it seems like you guys are just nice guys and fun to be around. And so that probably helps. But uh, I'm just curious if you guys have like a tactic about this. Well, it's really just all the time. Anytime we're out, the number one mission is to network and oh, okay. it could. Anytime we're out and about uh, hitting shows, I think Ralph's got something to say on this. Yeah, like I was, I was going to say it comes naturally, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, just mm -hmm. you run around. We try not to, you know, sit dormant and just not do anything. So if we're running around uh, on tour, you know, there's been times we run around and check out the, the other local bars that we aren't booked at. Oh, sweet. You know, yeah. or we may go hit a show in that area and hit it with some flyers and who who knows who will run into or what kind of things might happen. Really. Yeah. And then the other part of it, I think, uh, literally just attempting it, you know, whether or not you, you get a wild hair up your ass of like, Oh, Hey, I think that maybe we should try to book McFoley. Okay. We'll actually go through the steps of looking how to do it. Yeah. Just do it. You know, and, and you'd be surprised at how quick people do respond and how accessible that they really are. Yeah. And I mean, it varies, you know, sometimes we'll meet people and we'll, we'll hit it off with them even after just hanging one time and that we'll, we'll exchange numbers and then, you know, I'll hit them up and say, Hey, you want to do our podcast? And they'll say, yeah, Hey man, that's cool. I haven't heard from you. It'd be nice to, you know, <laughs> but then it goes the other way where, you know, there's people like John McAfee who was on our podcast, who's on our podcast this Sunday. Oh, and, yeah. uh, He's just like another person where it's like, oh man, McAfee's just a crazy fucking guy. It would probably be pretty cool if we got him on our show. And then, okay, well, what do you do? You go on Twitter and shoot him a message. And he's like, oh, he's a pretty cool dude. He'll message you back immediately. Uh, <laughs> and then like, we've been getting into all these conspiracy theorists and like people who are writing books on Bigfoot. Cause we're all fascinated by that. Coast to Coast AM is one of our favorite shows. Oh, okay. So we're, 
we're working on, you know, like uh, a couple weeks, we have Richard Serrett, who's a, a guest host on Coast to Coast AM, mm-hmm. and he's coming on to talk about a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Uh, Denver Michaels, he's a author on like giants and <laughs> throughout history and how humans are getting shorter and their lifespans are getting shorter. So we're going to talk about that. And he sent us his book that's uh, coming. It's not even out yet, but we have his book and we get to read it and then talk <laughs> about it. Uh, we just had uh, the like the leading palmistry expert, palm reader, uh, Vernon Mahabal on our show. And that one was, that was one of the, literally, I love talk radio and listening to stuff like that. And that's one that I'll go back and listen to because the things that man were saying just was absolutely mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Man. mind-blowing. Oh, yeah. And like, he had read me in Ralph's palms five years ago and after we had heard him on Coast to Coast AM. And that's what brought him up like, Man, a lot of the stuff he told us five years ago came true, dude. Let's bring him on the show. <laughs> like what? Uh, he told us, you know, a lot of stuff about Ralph was going to be getting into owning property. Just told us a lot of things about ourselves that we changed. And a lot of things got real way better for us. Um, answered a lot of questions as to why you feel certain things about, uh, feel certain ways about certain things in your life. And uh, it's more to, I'd say, confirm or deny your suspicions and strengths and weaknesses within yourself. You know, like he one thing he told me is he's like, we, we tried not to tell him anything about ourselves whatsoever. He nothing. Just, he just saw pictures of our hands. That's it. High def pictures. And uh, he told me, he's like, oh, you need to start a business right now. You need to be in charge and kind of doing, you know, these things. And it probably not a good it's probably not a bad idea if you buy a house or two you never lose on real estate and he didn't tell jay that you know but in the in the same week uh i was already closing on buying my first house ever oh nice just odd timing and then you know kind of my role in the the back end of the band is to to watch our finances make sure that there's always money to um be in the fund when the fund needs access. You know, if we have a tour coming up, it's it's my job to uh, save the money we make back home to make sure that big tour can happen. You know, so in a sense, I'm kind of like a, a technical boss. I mean, I guess that would he's, be a boss position. He's a CFO. You know. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, there was a just a lot of things he tells you about yourself that if you really know yourself, you know, but it's just good to hear confirmation. Yeah. And uh, my strengths and weaknesses were a complete different set of cards from Jay's strengths and weaknesses. And anybody who knows us personally, um, even people who just know us a little bit, could have looked at both of them on paper and said, this one's Ralph and this one's Jay's. And this guy had never even heard our voice or anything. Yeah, and, and the things that he told me, he was just like, I see that you're, you're like, you were you have this tendency to write because he said, you know, in your past life, you were a writer. So, uh, you were always on the move looking for like, where's the next story? Where's the, you know, where, where can I go next? What's happening? And you were always on the move. That's why you have this urge to travel and write in this life. And it was like, man, you know, I was naturally a good writer. I never went to school for any of this shit, but I can write white papers that, you know, for crypto tokens that John McAfee will respect. And, and, but he's like, and, and music may not be, performing music may not be your thing. I didn't even tell him I played music. And then he said, your destiny and what you're on this earth to do is throw events. And it's like, 
man, he has no idea that I've already thrown so many music festivals and like, <laughs> that's like my favorite thing on earth to do is to throw music festivals. And this guy just told me that out of all the shit he could have said, he never even saw me. You know, if you look at a picture of me, you might be able to guess, but he never saw me. He just saw the palms of my Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, super yeah. interesting. So this was five years ago? Yeah. And then, then you just had him on. Yep. You're, you're talking about John McAfee, the guy who created McAfee, the, the software? Well, well, that's the other guy. The guy who's the palm reader is uh, Vernon Mahabal. Oh, but okay. yeah, when, when I talk about McAfee, it's the guy who created the software. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. That dude's that that dude's crazy, right? Like he or Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean like he fucking went to the jungle or something and did bath salts or some shit, right? That's what they say. He <laughs> said he was creating antibodies. He's creating <laughs> yeah. antibodies down there. He's telling us <laughs> so he he reveals a little bit more each time. Yeah. That's right. Oh, I see. So every time he does an interview, he he tells a little bit more of what he was doing down there. Yeah. I, I feel like that's the case, yeah. yeah. I like it. I, like, look, and they burned my fucking lab, so fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just editing his interview today. Yeah, uh, so I, I love that how you guys are just saying it. And, and, and I think this is great advice for anybody who's looking to do anything that's bigger than them is like just fucking call them. Just send out the message. It's... Most people just don't even try because they don't believe that they'll get back to them or, you know, the, or whatever it is, they're afraid to send it or whatever the reason it is, people will just not do it and just remain like, it's some mystery how these guys got, you know, fucking John McAfee on their podcast or the guy from fucking Living Color on their podcast, but it's not fucking mystery. It's just, you went out and did it. You just sent the messages. I, I um, you got you guys have another song that I really like. Uh, it's called Switch. Yeah, can we play that? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah of course. Sure. Okay, let's play Switch, and we'll be right back.
and we're back so uh i like that song um i like the message of that song and it kind of relates to what we're just talking about is just well what i started talking about pursuing uh pursuing your dreams and stuff um finding that thing that uh gets you going and, and drives you uh can you guys talk a little bit more about this song and your belief system behind this well yeah i mean it's it's basically what we were talking about yeah you know, um it's you got to get up and go before your time is gone. You know, the, there's one thing on this earth that's more valuable than anything, and it's time. It's the one thing we can't get back. So it's like every minute you waste just sitting on your ass and not getting up and going after something every day, it's just, you know, it, it's pointless. And the message of that song is just to find something that touches you the way that the music touches us and go for it. Find your switch, turn it on, go for it at 110. And then it's also got the the lines about, you know, good friends survive no matter the problems you face. Creation will thrive as long as you can keep up the pace. That's all about, you know, building a team and a support system around you of people who have common goals. And then you guys work your asses off together, even if it takes your whole lives and you just spend your whole lives working towards it. At least you're working for yourself and towards something. You have a switch. Find it. Turn it on. Go for it. 110%. Yeah. No, I, no, I absolutely love that. And, and, um, I, you know, I just feel like there's so many people and especially in a time like this, who, uh, whose passion is like Netflix or whose passion is, you know, and that's fine. I'm not talking shit about people who like to just watch TV and shit, but you know, it, it's, it's people who tend to not have any passions that tend to suffer the worst in these moments. You know what I mean? In the, in these times, because what did you guys do as soon as the pandemic struck? What was the first decision you made as a band? Oh. Play music. <laughs> We're playing like, music, guys. It's like, sweet. Okay. Everybody's stuck in. Our first reaction was, man, this is hilarious. Every <laughs> band is like running around like chickens with their heads cut off. And we yeah. got a full streaming rig, boys. Yeah. Let's go to work. So that's all we did. We just were like, let's go, you know, let's go hard. Let's stream every night. The nights we're not streaming. Let's get together and let's write new music, learn songs that the fans request on the stream. And Let's just let's just go to town. But as far as like being scared of infecting each other, like I've seen, I saw some bands that won't even get together and practice because they're scared of infecting each other. Like that to me is just absolute nonsense. If you if, if he's if he dies, if he dies, he dies. We're all dead. Bug it. Right. We go out together. It's like the Titanic. We're we're the band. We sync with the goddamn ship. You goddamn right, baby. Let's bang with you boys. <laughs> Um, well, that's my point exactly is like, you guys are very driven. And so imagine somebody who's worked their whole life in a factory who, who lives to just come home and watch the game and, and drink a beer. And, and, and again, I'm not shitting on anybody who lives these lives, but what I'm saying is like to, to, to live a life without any sort of passion, drive or hobbies. I mean, it just seems like sitting at home right now, not doing anything because you put so much work in you put so much into your job or you know like you put so much of your identity into your shitty job that you hate and then you come home and you're miserable and you're drink you know it's just like at these moments it's like i i do feel for those for those people um it, i mean i'm sure you guys got plenty of friends who you know who are still doing the same shit you guys were doing in high school and um oh yeah 
and they look to you guys like, what are you guys doing? You know, like, what what are you doing that I'm not? And it's like, well, everything. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it, it's interesting. Do you guys have any like people from your past who might like went down that dusty road and and then now like just send hate your way just because you guys are doing well and they suck so bad? Um, I'm sorry, no, that was like a really sophomore question, but I it just I have several people in my life that turned out. I like to those bad. weird questions like that, dude. You know, it makes it it's our brains working. Well, but I mean, I would say, you know, we have people who are definitely jealous, I would say, but I don't think that they let that turn them into assholes or anything. That's good. I think that everybody everybody who we kind of grew up with is is pretty cool. Yeah. And we were always, we weren't, we weren't ever the like nerdy kids that didn't have any friends. Like we've always had too many fuck friends. Like always we were, we were, we were the guys who went out and threw, through parties and, you know, got people together and, you know, we went and fucking got the older guys to buy us the fucking beer. <laughs> like we were, we were the cool kids yeah, yeah. and we translated that to this. So I think all the people just that we grew up with are really nice. They like us. We don't keep in contact with many of them, but the few that we do are pretty, pretty damn cool. Yeah. I would hope, I hope that you keep people around that aren't shitting on you. (laughs) You get, and people get stuck in those traps too. You know, people get stuck in that trap of just hanging around assholes that, and then just by being around them, they're an asshole now too, which (laughs) which was me, by the way. I just want you guys to know that I was the asshole. Um, Uh, so I, I love that you guys like the conspiracy stuff because I don't know, like what I'm sure you guys have talked about it, but do you, do you think that there could be some kind of weird conspiracy about this pandemic and what would that be? There's too many. Of course there is. Of course. <laughs> well, but I'm just, no, because, because <laughs> I'm starting to formulate one that I think that, that is pretty decent. But I'm not sure. I'm curious to hear what some of you guys got going on. I actually spent an hour talking about it last night with a theory that I don't think anybody's talking about. But go, <laughs> and I'll let them go. this must have been I towards did. the end or something because I didn't. I, I didn't catch this one. Oh yeah, it was. See, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> I think that just there's something happening right now, and I don't think the narrative really um, explains it as well as it could be explained. And I think that. I mean, we don't know, you know what I mean? We don't know what the fuck is going on. Maybe a select few group do, but who knows what kind of motives. All I know is that it can't just be a sickness. There's got to be something else happening, whether or not what that is, I'm not sure of. But I just have an eerie feeling that there's more to the story than what is happening, Just just because of how quickly things escalated. And how quickly things change and how quickly people, how quickly, uh, how quickly new rules were put in place. Um, Right. New, very uh, restrictive rules were put in place very quickly. Yeah. And I'm seeing people chalk. They're like, oh, we'll just chalk up the whole year of 2020 as a loss. And we're in early spring. And I'm like, what is going on? What do you mean? Like, you know, cancel the rest of the year's shows and whatnot. What do you mean? Oh, and they did. This is early spring you right know, but so i just think there's something else going on i'm not real sure what it is yeah yeah me neither i would love i'd love to share my idea and and i don't think it's too far-fetched or and it's not long and arduous at all so it's i, I like 
I had this thought, and maybe I've heard it somewhere else because I hear a lot of this shit, and I'm into that shit too. But um, uh, what if China did this uh, break some eggs to make an omelet type situation where they're like, let's go and uh let's go fuck up the world economy let's go fuck up uh let's bring everybody's economy to their knees and then with our billion people we shall overcome that's my idea i don't think it's right but who knows you know i mean it's just something that that i thought of and i don't know somebody whoever orchestrated this whole thing wanted to completely collapse the economy yeah so who stands to gain from a global financial collapse in you know, especially a U.S. financial collapse. Yeah. Well, obviously, crypto holders, man, mm-hmm. crypto holders. So, you know, did it? Did China say we want to unleash this? I don't know. But did somebody go over and create this thing in China to maybe scare a bunch of people? And then why did we react in the way that we did worldwide and just completely shut everything down? Who is Satoshi Nakamoto? Who created Bitcoin? <laughs> I, say it's a, I say it's an AI that the CIA created or some deep state uh, operatives with the CIA. They made Bitcoin and they have half the supply locked up in a wallet waiting for the global collapse that they could possibly orchestrate or be orchestrating right now. And then coincidentally, yeah. after I talk about this for an hour in the Discord last night, I wake up to a message that somebody had sent 50 Bitcoin to a wallet that had been mined in 2009 when only a couple people, Satoshi Nakamoto included, had the ability to mine. So I'm thinking Hal Finney, who created PGP and and was the first actual transaction that Satoshi sent shit to, or Satoshi himself. Hal Finney's dead. Hmm. And who's Satoshi? I think it's an AI. People think it's a group of people. Some people think it's one guy, right. but it's too flawlessly created and it has zero vulnerabilities for it to be one person That's, or that, even a human. Well, that, that whole thing really sketches me out because you can see all the Bitcoin transactions are public. Hal Finney got the very first Bitcoin transaction ever. Um, so he obviously knew the creator. Um, he helped him build. And, he helped him build it. Yeah, he helped him build it, but he's long dead now, and nobody else really knows who else is connected. And uh, like he said, he woke up to a picture today where it showed. Since you can see every Bitcoin transaction on a public network, you can see the way it moves. You can see that this transaction moved fifty Bitcoin today into two different accounts, but the the Bitcoin that it moved was mined in two thousand nine, and this was so early in the game it's just weird to see that happening it's somebody's been sitting on a gold mine for 11 years and they, and they just did, decided to pull it out. and they didn't they didn't pull it out when bitcoin hit 20 grand let's remember that yeah they didn't even move it you know so this is like this is crazy right, right and, now and I'm, I'm telling you i'm i'm thinking that it's all connected because there's a global currency race right now and it's a currency race to see who can digitize their dollar digital dollars on blockchain and if you and china's on to it china's like ahead of the game uh other countries i think are are outlawing paper money and they're all going to move to this blockchain dollar because it is the future and it really is the answer there's not going to be any stopping it however do you think that america is going to lose a global digital currency race you're mm-hmm. dead wrong mm-hmm. america doesn't lose so we're gonna something's gonna happen and we're gonna 
something has to happen. Our dollar has to collapse so they can introduce a whole new financial system. And I think that blockchain is the answer and it's possibly being orchestrated by whoever Satoshi Nakamoto is. Yeah, but why would they want to decentralize the cash flow? Wouldn't they want to keep a keep a grip on it so they can control all that shit? Yeah. Well, they do. You know, they have like, let's say XRP, Ripple. It's a it's a crypto coin. There's billions of them made as opposed to just like a few million Bitcoins or mm. coins of real value. Ripple's, uh, I think, at 19, 20 cents right now. So uh, that coin, though, who was it that was going out and pushing that coin? When Ripple goes out and they're at the conferences, they have, oh, ex-head of the Federal Reserve chair speaking for him. Mm -hmm. Bill Clinton got paid uh, like, I think, $5 million in Ripple to be their spokesperson. So this is that like elite coin mm -hmm. that they're using. And what the purpose of Ripple is, and they've, they've partnered with like MoneyGram and big things like that. It's for banks to send large amounts of money to other banks immediately with like virtually with zero fees and that kind of stuff. But the problem and, and immediately, you know, you send a billion dollars through a, from bank to bank. It could take like a week or two, but you send it with XRP. It'll be there in a second. And there's no, nothing that could possibly go wrong with that transaction. But the problem with their coin is, is they can sell it all and then they can print more. Yeah. Like it's yeah. a reissuable coin. So they say they make a hundred billion and then in 10 years, they make another hundred billion. Right. It's just right. like they can print money kind of like they do with the Federal Reserve. Right. So my question to you on that would be if, if the entire country or in, if the entire world gets switched over to this cryptocurrency, what are they going to do about the energy it takes to it's, it's already been solved because that's only proof of work coins. There's three different kinds of coins. Proof of work, which you have to have a mining rig and an actual hardware to mine. Then you have proof of stake, which is mined by people actually just holding the coin. I have one on my old computer. A shitty little computer can mine a proof-of-stake coin. Um, and then I can't remember what the other one is, but uh, I think it's a consensus protocol. Yeah. Which that gets confusing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, well, I mean, it's an interesting idea. I mean, because it, but that does make sense if you want to, uh, you know, collapse a dollar so you can introduce a new one i mean why not fucking you know a pandemic that i mean it's it's killing a lot of people but like it's so weird how it works like some people are affected some people aren't and it isn't though you know like yeah. they're lying about the numbers that's right what you're well fine there's no real numbers that you can actually trust because nothing was nothing was they didn't start actually counting things until way after the fact they the, and the way that they count people dying they could die from just asthma or whatever it is and not even be corona but if they came in with the symptoms they still count it as a corona death so right. so it, we don't even know because i mean there's they no testing and they're getting paid for not that by medicare mention, not to even mention the false positive tests that have been going out right well, and, and I, I looked it up uh, in, an, in a Facebook troll argument, but <laughs> fact, New York Times even fact-checked, are the hospitals getting paid a certain amount of money for, to, for coronavirus patients and coronavirus deaths? And it's like, yes, they are. It's like $17,000 per one. Wow. And that's New York yeah. Times are, like fact-checking that stuff. Wow. So it's wow. like, that's all you people who trust the mainstream media. That's them saying, yes, the hospitals are getting paid. So why wouldn't, sure, the doctors and nurses aren't going to lie about it. It's the people at the top 
of the hospital, the people who are the shareholders of the hospital. I mean, don't let's not forget that's a fucking business. Oh, They're trying to make some money. And if they have a chance to make $17,000 a day just by saying this fucking guy has coronavirus, they're going you to, best right? believe they're going to fucking do it a hundred times a day. Right. Right. Yeah. So the numbers are skewed. Definitely. Yeah. I, it was interesting hearing you guys uh, talk to Dave um, and uh, Dave Katz of Acoustic Hookah and about what they're going to do with Hookahville. And um, <laughs> I thought your guys' idea was funny. <laughs> I think you said something about like uh, setting up little chicken fence spaces six feet apart and everybody just chilling their little chicken fence. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, yeah. like, how how do you, I mean, like, how, like, in, in a realistic setting, I mean, you said you guys have a gig already booked. I mean, like, how how is this going to work? Well, I'm going to go out to this gig and just get, get paid to play and see how it goes, yeah. you know, and ro- rock out and have a, have a damn good time and see how that show goes over. Yeah. And I mean, really, what I want to do with Willie Town is just throw the damn show. Yeah. Only um, if you want to come wear a mask, you can come and wear a mask. If you want to come and don't wear, want to wear a mask, don't wear one. If you don't want to come, just don't fucking come, man. Are are you uh are you guys <clears throat> are you, are you guys holding out or are you guys just sort of planning on just doing it whatever, doing it? We're going to do something. Uh-huh. We can't let it go and just say, "Oh, we're not going to do it." We're going to have to do something. Is it going to be as big as we hoped it would be? No, because we can't get the artists that we want to commit to anything right. with all of this going on. So, it's kind of like we have to do something. Right. On a smaller scale. Yeah. And, you know, I heard Dave saying, you know, like, even if it's something, you know, where it's fucking 25, 50 people or something, something crazy small where someone just has a small PA and it's just, we're just gathering and sharing vibes. It's, uh, it's fucking so peculiar. It's just such a weird situation. And, um, you know, especially for people like yourselves and Dave who, who have a lot invested in this festival that they do every year and you guys do every year and so i mean you know i'm just i don't even know man it's it's just such a weird situation i mean like at what i mean like what are real solutions for this for festival promoters i don't i don't know if there is a real solution yet you know what i mean i think it's it's all a matter of testing the waters at this point i mean nobody Nobody's ever had to face anything like this. I mean, this leveled the playing field. Yeah. yeah. It, it completely just like every concert from the small coffee shops all the way up to, you know, giant stadiums just canceled. Right. In a matter of like a day or two. Yeah. It, it was it was absolutely crazy. So to try to get things back going, um, not only is it going to be weird because every state is different, like over in Ohio, a lot of places you have to wear masks and like governor's orders and over here in Indiana, like nobody gives a shit. Yeah, dude, we don't, it's business as usual over here. Like no, nobody's, nobody's yeah, freaking so, out. I mean, it, it's, wow, it, people are going to be very confused going into these different areas, not knowing the rules, not knowing the regulations, you know, yeah, I mean, we're talking about having an unregulated show here in our hometown in Indiana by June 13th. Wow. Where we pack them in the bar like sardines. So just because people, only people who don't care. A lot of people won't come because a lot of people are scared. Am I scared? Personally, I think if you didn't get the flu shot, you ain't got nothing to worry about. So, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I that's don't fuck with the, I don't fuck with that either, man. That, it's just so weird. It's weird, right? It's weird that they want to like stick the flu into you to prevent the flu. It's it's, right. it's, it's weird. Yeah, no, no, thank you, man. <laughs> uh, so what what is this gig? What 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 exactly is it? What do you guys? Um, well, it's it's called the uh, COVID Blues Fest. The other headliner is Dave Katz. So Dave Dave's playing it. Oh shit! He's okay. there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm really curious. I'm I'm gonna be following you guys because I really wanna. Where's that at? I really want to see uh, what comes of this because and to get the report. You know, I'm really interested in the report. I was supposed to be in Vegas like a fucking couple of weeks ago, play it. You know, like doing a run in California to Vegas and. Um, you know, whatever. I mean, fucking. I I didn't really want to do it anyways, but it's fun to see your friends. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, well, Cali and Vegas are fun. Yeah, man. Fucking. Do you guys gamble? Are you guys gamblers? Oh, oh shit! Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh dude. my god. <laughs> so, I'm so depressed. The casino is closed because me and Ralph learned how to count cards Shut right up. before the pandemic started. Dude, we went one time. And you guys did okay. <sighs> Yeah, yep. we came out. We yeah, came we out even. Good. We but we counted cards all night. We didn't win, <laughs> but we came out even. We didn't lose. Were you just were like, you, yeah? Were you like really counting cards, or were you just like, I'm gonna just? Count no, we were really yeah. counting cards. We, we even we we legitimately figured out how to do it. Wow. It's frowned it's, upon. It's not. It's not oh, that hard, honestly. Really? So if you're used to playing blackjack and you can play blackjack fast, then you can count the fucking cards. Mm. And it's you aren't counting each one. There's a way to keep count to where a card is negative or positive. So it, it makes it easy. You're either at a zero or a negative one or a plus one. You'll yeah, and you sort of got to keep track of like what, what you got to just keep track of the numbers in your head, right? Like the plus ones and the negatives and like making sure it's that you're at. Basically, you're just counting the high cards versus the low cards. Mm. So you don't have to count how many times a two came out. It's like two through um, six is the same value. Right. So two, three, four, five, six. It's just negative one. You okay. Know? Yeah. Just it, like that. Rob's got it. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> well, it, really I mean, I thought they they go through to great lengths to prevent that kind of stuff, though. Well, yeah. Uh, really, what they try to prevent is like, if I'm at the table counting cards and I send a signal to Ralph, who's just walking around and say, "Hey, it's a good count. Come over here and just fucking bet big right now." Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what they watch for right. is team of people. Yeah. But like, if you're just a guy sitting there keeping the count in your head, like, and you you don't you you don't really increase on suspicious levels, they can't do nothing to you, dude. Yeah, and yeah. you don't have like thousands. They can't of read your mind. <laughs> yeah. So, so what would you guys? So. On a personal note, this is just a personal question. I, I've been thinking about moving, not moving the podcast to Twitch, but incorporating Twitch into the podcast. And um, do you guys do you guys put this out as an audio version, or is it just on Twitch? Or I saw that you guys added some of the interviews on YouTube, so I'm, I'm curious what you're doing with your content after Twitch. Yeah, that's basically it. We're we're uh, we're just streaming it out to Twitch, and um, sometimes we'll pump it to Facebook. We hate Facebook, but sometimes we yeah. send it there just to get people. Yeah. Um, and then we just edit out the interview parts if and put everything uh, up on YouTube. Yeah. No. So. It, it, well. Um, so, like, I don't know. Would you? Would you think? Do you think that now that you guys kind of talk to me, do you think that this would be a kind of a show that you would? 
go on to Twitch with? Or I mean, I, I'm just I'm really just curious because you guys have years in the game. I'm just you know I I, only, I got like a month in this, so I don't really know too much about it still. Yeah, well, I don't I don't, I think that Twitch would be you know definitely a good platform to be on. They just added that podcast category too. Yeah, and they oh, have shit. a I, I didn't know. So yeah, I'd, I'd jump on it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, <laughs> that's all I needed. The just chatting section is the biggest category on Twitch. Right. With all the, with all the pretty ladies on it and their uh, just fans accounts. Yep. That's right. That's the fam. Right. Hey, God bless them. God bless them. You know. God bless. That's them. right. Uh, how do you, now? You know, I keep hearing about how hard it is to get fans and like people off of your social medias and shit onto Twitch. How are you guys getting people? On how you guys switching people over and getting them to come on board? Basically, Harass just the fuck out of them. Yeah, basically just word of mouth and whatever Facebook will allow us to do and still boost it. You know, it's so hard to get it out there. We just got to keep keep hitting the trail. You know, yeah, their algorithms uh, block Twitch. Oh, so. that's why. Okay, they're a competitor. So if you right. if you uh mention twitch in your post that or Same. they'll just they'll just ruin your reach yeah this um does bury it right yeah but yep. it's been I'm, I'm really surprised at how many people have come over and it's not just like young people either it's like yeah. people of all ages like i mean we have some of the fans on there that are you know like 18 19 and then some that are like 60 <laughs> that's awesome uh, no my mom my mom is like 70 and fucking, she is all about fuck. She loves. I don't know if you guys know this guy, but just Joe Syracuse. He fucking. She loves that guy. Um, uh, who's it? it? She's almost seventy. Like, oh my god, did you see just Joe last night? I'm like, no, I was doing something else. She's on Twitch. She's twitching. That's Dude, awesome. she's got bits and shit. She's like tipping motherfuckers. It's tight. It's so weird. Cause my mom didn't, my mom didn't even know what an email was like a year ago. And now she has an iPhone and she's dropping biddies and motherfucking she's commenting on Facebook. Dude, she, she's dropping emojis and emotes and shit. It's crazy. It's crazy. You cray, mom. You cray, cray, mama. That's hilarious. (laughs) Back up, Juanita. Uh, Um, uh, so I had another question about Twitch because I, I'm just I've been so curious about it. It's such an interesting platform, and and I, I just absolutely love that it's like building this like uh, it's like you're bu- you you're you're literally building a communities and and you're building communities of super fans. And so what I'm seeing is when I'm when I go and see these bands like uh, I think like uh, have you guys ever heard the Fantastic Plastics? I don't think so. They're Twitch. They just became partners uh, last week, and um, they're just like these guys. The, it's a husband and wife, and they have like it's like uh, new wave uh, type stuff. So they do a lot of devos type stuff, and uh, it, it's fucking dope. And, and they have like projectors going on, and they're wearing like green screen suits, and they have wigs. It's fucking incredible. Uh, I mean, it's just it, it's. It's just been such an interesting way of expression. I mean, especially for me and my wife, who you know we do an acoustic thing. Uh, we're acoustic duo, so it's you know we're seeing these different acts. I mean, obviously you guys are fucking killing it, and the plastics and all these people are sort of. Um, 
I, I don't know. But what I'm seeing is that it translates into real world stuff. Like like people are actually going to your Spotify and listening. They're going to your Facebook and they're keeping up with you. Have you guys had this experience where you're just sort of building and collecting these super fans? I, I imagine that just by the nature of the scene that you guys are a part of, that you have uh, really loyal fans. But uh, with Twitch, I mean, have you seen an increase or what? what have you noticed with that? in regards to your fans well no i think that what what i've noticed is that our loyal diehard fans are are there every night and watching sometimes for six hours all oh, six shit. hours from beginning to end and they're there every night and that's that's amazing to me but mm -hmm. what what's also been really cool and interesting is watching all the new people that are finding is just by browsing the music category from all over the world right. and i mean we have people from other countries that tune in all six hours every freaking night and we're mailing merchandise all over the slayer world mac and cheese dude yeah slayer mccheese there's a bunch slayer. of them dude uh, a bunch of people from canada and and they're even jumping into the discord so when, awesome. you, when they jump into the discord they're you know trying to take the twitch stream to every day yeah every day twitch chat basically right that's right. an awesome community that's being built yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, and you look at the chat and your guys' chat, especially, I mean, everybody has a, it's fun because, you know, you guys aren't like monitoring, being like, oh, you can't say fuck or anything. So like you get a bunch of crazy shit going on in the chat. Oh, yeah. um, but, you know, we're getting ready to wrap up here. So I, I, um, I'm just curious, what, do you guys have any like new releases coming out? I know that, that, uh, the song that we talked about at the beginning, Jesus, I'm sorry, I forgot the name well, of it. Yes, won't last. Uh, that's new, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a new one. Okay, and so are you guys? Uh, I think I saw somewhere you guys had a new album just come out. Are you guys having an album come out? Yeah, we're uh, we're working on releasing it right now. We've released two songs. You won't last was the first single off that one, and then uh, here we go was our first like take on a ballad. Okay. So we've released two songs. We're about to release an EP uh, here in probably the next month or so. It's gonna be four songs, and then we're gonna release the album shortly after that. But yeah, it's a full album. Uh, Doug Wimbish from Living Color uh, came in and played on all the tracks. Dave Katz, Steve Sweeney's on there. Daru Jones. Um, there's there's a ton of people on that record. And then Chris Lord Algae is uh, mixed and mastered it. So is that Daru Jones? Is he a is he a soul singer? No, uh, he's a drummer. Uh, drummer Jack okay. White. Jack White's drummer. Okay, never mind. I I I think I was getting them mixed up with a guy named Duran Jones or something something hmm, close i don't know whatever it, he, he's on uh have you ever heard coal mine records they're out of so. they're out of uh loveland ohio um they they put out funk like old soul stuff uh kind of like in the vein of uh, uh um sharon Jones and the dap tones like the dap tones thing you know just that throwback so anyways so uh so you got a new album coming out and so in willie town at this point is up in the air yeah, well, well, it's gonna happen. It's just it's it's gonna, gonna be happen. it's gonna be a small smaller thing. It's it's not gonna be like anybody like we would hope have hoped it would be. Uh, and how big how big do your festivals get? Like, what's your head counts usually look like? I mean, like around a thousand people. Damn, and it's, I mean that's it's fucking growing every year. You know, and it's not a thousand people paid. It's a, it's probably a thousand <laughs> people total. Yeah, you know. Do you guys get the whole like sneaker like the people who are sneaking in? No, not really. Pretty much everybody's pretty. I think what like our band has done throughout the years with just going out there and getting as personal with the fans as we have, mm -hmm. like it's gotten us a lot of respect. That's so, 
people kind of feel bad ripping us off <laughs> and sneaking into our show. Eventually, when our show gets huge, we'll have those random people who just don't know anything about it sneaking into the show. But what I say, hell with it, dude. Bring them on, you know. <laughs> Right. What I mean, I mean, that's a luxury, right? To be so big that people want to sneak in that I, I fucking told all three of all three members I talked to of hookah, uh, how many times I don't know why I have this impulsive need to just, I don't know, fucking reveal my sins to my hookah sins. But uh, I, I, I was telling them about how many festivals I broke into and, and, and stormed into fucking I mean, it's like when I look back on it, it's like this like really weird impulse that I have to just be like, oh, by the way, I fucking uh, I, I used to steal your money right from out of your pocket. So, uh, <laughs> but but I but I, on the other hand, I've also put a lot of money in their pocket. But that's no excuse. Don't 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 break into these festivals, people. Just pay the fucking ticket. People need to get paid. Volunteer, yeah, or volunteer, volunteer. yeah, exactly. Volunteer. Don't be like my dumbass. I was young and asshole. I, I was a young asshole. Okay, there's there's a lot of young hey, assholes. We've all done it. Hey, we've all done. You, you gotta do what you gotta do. Hey, I didn't have eighty dollars. Robert Randolph was playing. What the fuck you want me to do? Okay, I just right. don't know what to tell you, Dave Katz. I had to do things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay guys thank you so much this was great I really appreciate you You got all of you guys and, and the fucking the 80s glamour shot I appreciate that too that was just great uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah man thanks a lot and I'll, I'll be seeing you guys on Twitch I'll be up in the chats and shit and uh, yeah man like this was great uh, and how can people get a hold of you and how can people get in touch and stuff hit us on uh, Facebook Instagram uh, glowstickwilly.com Twitter Twitch, Twitch. Twitch.tv, Glowstick Willie. Whatever, whatever you want to hit us up on. We're out there. That's right. Anywhere on the internet, just Google us. Accessible. Hit us up on the platform of your choice. Right on. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. All right, Thank dude. You. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for, thanks for having us. Thank you so much, fellas. That was absolutely fantastic. I had such a blast talking to you guys, and I just, I just love that these guys were just like reaching out to Joe Exotic and and Joe Mac, John McAfee. I mean, this, I, I just, I just love where these guys' heads are at. It's just, uh, it's, it's great. It's great. Uh, I, I love what these guys are doing. So please go support these guys. Go check out their streams on twitch.tv slash glowstickwilly and uh, just just go follow them. I'm going to have all their links in the show notes. Glowstickwilly.com and that's G-L-O-S-T-I-K W-I-L-L What is it? Why? <laughs> also go check out randomistique.com R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E dot com and check out what she's got going on over there. She has uh, the Twitch streams, which is just all-consuming for her and her life now. And, and for me, I mean, it, it's in, it's in consumed our entire family. Even my son has a live fucking gaming stream. So it's just gone bonkers here, folks. <laughs> but it's fun. This has been really, truly a blast to do. Uh, yeah, go, so go check out Reyna at twitch.tv slash Mystique. You can also check out WSEGTV, which I'm so excited about this because <clears throat> uh, I'm, I'm doing the 
Twitch stream, and I'm able to incorporate everything that the podcast and sort of the podcast has sort of made for itself. I don't know. Like with the music tutorials and, 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 and whatever. It's a place where it can all sort of congregate and be one. And I've been just having a blast doing it. And uh, we're going to have live streaming. This Friday we have Just Joe at Just Joe. What is that? Just Joe Syracuse. He is a, a music streamer on Twitch. He also uh, was the lead singer of this band. Uh, what was it? A Brand New Sin. And, man, this guy has story for days of just being... A, a lead singer in a rock band man it's just especially during that time uh he told this story the other day on his stream about him with peter Steele from typo negative about doing cocaine with him on their tour bus and just having like an orgy or whatever it, it, it was amazing you know like it's that kind of shit like he likes to talk so i i imagine that it's going to be a pretty simple stream so that's going to be actually later on today if you're listening to this on the day of the release and that's going to be june 26th so just joe syracuse june 26th at 3 p.m ish no 3 p.m eastern standard time um he'll probably be on around 3 15. i do like a little intro or whatever but you don't need to know all that this is me over talking over explaining it's my midwest showing um you, you know like i lived on the west coast for so long but uh i still always maintain that weird over explaining over over talking thing that the midwest does and it actually is fine because i do this now uh, I, I just talk into microphones now, apparently. Uh, so I, that's all I'm interested in really doing right now. I, no, I'm actually interested in learning music to be a better musician and and be better podcaster. So it's perfect for what I'm doing. The only problem is that I'm going to have to go back out into the real world eventually if I want to continue getting better at, the, at playing the music that I like to play. So, um, you know... I, I, I've been sort of live looping and, and just or jamming with Raina for the last three months, you know, since we're all been in quarantine. And I, I definitely miss playing uh, with the guys and, and or, or playing with a full band. And and it, it just I'm missing it. I'm, I'm definitely missing it. And I'm definitely losing out on some of those live chops that you sort of acquire on the spot when the pressure's on, you know? So it's uh, it's coming back. Uh, things are opening, and uh, I know there's spikes around the country, which is kind of troublesome. Uh, but, you know, we're, 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 we're doing it. We're doing it. Okay, guys, I'm going to let you go. Again, we got Just Joe Syracuse tomorrow on WSEG, I mean today on WSEG TV at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and that's June 26, 2020, if that's when you're listening to this. Uh, so go check that out. And next week we're going to have the Fantastic Plastics, which is another Twitch streaming uh, entity and band. They're fucking amazing. Uh, I love these guys. So stay tuned. We got a lot of cool and exciting stuff coming up. Um, we're going to soon be getting into the WSEG TV interviews, which I'm super excited because they've been all so fucking good. So, like, just the conversations have been just getting better and better. Uh, I like where I'm going with all this, and it's just been fun. So, okay, guys, I'll see you guys next time. Be good to your fellow human beings. HJ's for everybody. Bye. Bye.